Unique yet common sense opinions on sports. This is Jeff Allen Sports Talk. It is time for another Media Spotlight Edition football style as the college and pro football seasons are getting underway. We're going to break down both the college broadcast booths and studios as well as the NFL broadcast booths and studios. And of course, my guys to do that, as always, we welcome... Adam Eaton and Eric Lopez. Gentlemen, glad to have you back. Jeff, no better time of year when I get the email from you because I know that means football season is here when you want to break down broadcast booths. I love this email every year. Can't wait to talk a little, little broadcast, a little football, and and uh, count the Eric Lopez name drops. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm all, this is one of my favorite shows, and uh, obviously I look forward to analyzing this. Uh, I don't know. You guys may have to like kind of talk me off a, of a ledge on a couple of these. We'll, we'll get into it. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, intervention. Okay, intervention. Let's go. Okay, I thought my I thought it was my job to be the grumpy one here. So, <laughs> so, so Eric's going to take that role this time. Excellent. Um, so, uh, it it seems like deja vu all over again because uh, you know you guys were just on my UCF football roundtable last week. So, uh, this is the first time I've that's had. That's where I saw Adam recently. That's yes, right. Yes. Yeah. So this is the first time I've had you know uh, guests in back to back weeks. So you guys Historic. are a, a new first uh, for the wow. show. I feel like there's a Hall of Flame, a Hall of Fame uh, plaque maybe coming our way, or this it is might, either the, or it is, might is go it, down in flames, right? Uh, yeah, I was yeah. gonna say I don't know if this is the high point of the show's history or the low point, but we're honored either way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad you're both here to to do that. So those of you who heard last week's podcast, do not adjust your your settings. It is not a repeat of last week's show. Uh, it's something entirely different, but it is kind of a roundtable format the way we do this. So uh, we're gonna start breaking down. Let's start with the colleges first. So. Uh, uh, you know, obviously ESPN has the biggest roster of uh, play-by-play and uh, analysts. Uh, I'm going to mention the few top ones, and then uh, we may touch on a, a, a another pair or two, maybe get your guys' thoughts on who the sleeper teams are out there. So obviously, uh, Chris Alakirk, Herb Street, Holly Rowe are the A-team on the Saturday night ABC game. Uh, Saturday primetime is Sean McDonough, Todd Blackledge, and Molly McGrath. Uh, other top teams would be Joe Tessator, Greg McElroy, and Katie George, Mark Jones, and Robert Griffin III, uh, Quint Kessenich uh, on that list, Dave Pash, Dusty Dvorak, Tom Luganbill. Um, again, their roster is miles and miles deep because of the number of outlets they have to provide for ESPNU, ESPN2, SEC Network, ACC Network, and all that good stuff. So uh, let's get your thoughts first, guys, on the uh, – on the on the top teams, I mean, really, uh, not much of a chaser, at least uh, from where that is concerned. Uh, Adam, let's start with you. Yeah, I mean Fowler, Herb Street. I'm, I'm curious to see Herb Street's schedule. I mean, he's doing Amazon on Thursday. There's a, a really interesting piece if either of you saw it in the LA Times about some of the health conditions that he was dealing with. Which I think we we'd heard that he had some some issues. He had a blood clot and he was out for a little bit, but it goes into some detail. And so there's some people in that article that are a little concerned about his schedule. So curious to see how Kirk holds up. I hope everything's well health wise, by the way. But that's something I, I hadn't really kept track of. And when I reread that, I, I remembered he had had some issues from a health 
health standpoint. So uh, again, gold standard booth, I think Fowler Herb Street, they're, they're a perfect pair together. Curious to see if, if there's any appreciable difference in what Kirk does with Al versus what he does with Chris. I think the first broadcast with uh, with both Al and Kirk on Amazon was relatively well received. It, I read something where people had said sound like they'd been together for a number of years. Curious to see if you see any growth either side from Kirk. It's probably tough to grow you know, this late in your career as a broadcaster, but I think that's still an option. So I'm curious to see Kirk Herbstreit. Here's one name that I'm really interested to keep an eye on this year. And you mentioned a lot of these pairings already, Jeff. Robert Griffin III. He's paired with Mark Jones and Quinn Kwesnick. Curious to see his growth from year one to year two in the booth. I mean, now he's doing some NFL stuff in the studio. Obviously, he's got a really good pedigree for college football. Curious to see what his growth looks like this year. What did he learn in year one? How much better does he get in year two? I think him and Mark Jones are an interesting pairing. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if Jones sets him up as well as maybe some other broadcasters would. So I'm curious to see how that pairing uh, bears out. Here's a pairing I think is underrated while we're talking underrated and no one is but me. I think Dave Pash and Dusty Dvorak. I think it's a really underrated pairing. They have the uh, the, the, the ESPN listed as Saturday broadcast, right? So you can get them anywhere. I think that's an underrated pairing. And then my, I have no idea what to do with this, but Brock Osweiler is now an analyst. I have no idea what to do with that. He's uh, he's paired with Anish Shroff. No idea what to get out of that. But I, I'm, I'm really curious to see how RG3 progresses in year two. And I really wish Pash and Dvorak would get a little bit more publicity. Maybe they'll get some higher profile games this year. Well, I, I think a couple of thoughts. The Herbstree, I, I watched that Amazon broadcast. I didn't know about the, the health concerns that, that you brought up there, but I'll, I'll save my Herbstree thoughts from when we get to the NFL portion here. Uh, what I'm curious about is who's going to be, in all likelihood, the play-by-play person out of all this group that NBC probably tries to get next year. Remember, NBC is going to have the Big Ten package primetime next year to go along with Notre Dame. I'm really curious. NBC is going to probably have to go outside to kind of enhance its college football. If they do, I would think it's going to be somebody here from Mm. this group. Who could that be will be very interesting. It could be a guy like Dave Fleming, for example. Now that you know they don't really need him to do much baseball, he now he does the football for them. Could it be somebody like that? Could it be a, a Dave Pash? I don't know what the contract status is. So I think that's something to follow on that one. Uh, I also think, interesting note, Roy Philpot takes over for uh, for Jason Benetti in that Friday night slot with Andre Ware and Paul Carcaterra. Uh, that is significant because UCF is going to have a football game on a Friday night against Louisville. If this is the crew, I'll give you this little stat for both of you uh, here, Adam. You can use this on the next Suns uh, few, in the Louisville week. UCF football has never lost with Roy Philpott's done their game, play-by-play. Ooh, that deserves that? a bell. That's not even a name drop. Wow. <laughs> that includes uh, multiple wins on the Warren I-4 games, including last year's win against South Florida. He's done bowl game wins, including against Marshall from that uh, up in Tampa a couple years. UCF, for now granted, a lot of his assignments when it's UCF are not the most marquee games historically, but he's always been paired with Kelly Stoffer, and UCF has always won those games, so that could bode well for the Louisville game, f- fingers crossed. Plus, he does a lot of other 
uh, sports, including he's done UCF men's and women's basketball games on yeah. the ESPN Family Network. So kind of a familiar name there with the UCF. I think that's an up good news there for UCF because UCF actually did not have a good record with Jason Benetti. So that could be good news this year, but bad news down the road if the Big 12's on Fox. Uh, but outside of that, I think Fowler's group and McDonough's group are, to me, the top two groups in college football, regardless of the networks. And Testator McElroy and Katie George, that feels like the front runner for perhaps the uh, that 330 SEC team and when ESPN gets those rights, don't you? Mm, that's an interesting thought as far as that goes. Uh, you know, the interesting name on the list that, that Adam brought up was uh, RG3 because – I don't know. So sometimes I think ESPN picks guys and they're determined to make them stars. Mm-hmm. And I think RG3 falls into that category. I haven't found him to be yep. spectacular in any way or fashion, but they seem to feel like, okay, we're going to make him a star, whether the, whether the people want it or not. <laughs> also, I'm curious to see, did he make any 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 strides this offseason? Has he improved at all? And again, I, I don't know if it's Mark Jones. I don't want to blame Mark Jones, but you know, I, I'm curious to see if another uh, you know play-by-play guy would set him up better. There, Here's another name I'm really curious about. Get your thoughts on. The Thursday Night Crew is now Matt Berry and Lewis Riddick yeah. coming over from the Monday Night Football booth and, and now doing Thursday games. I don't think of him as a college analyst. I'm curious to see how he kind of plays in, in the college space. Matt Berry's a not your traditional play-by-play guy. He's obviously a sports center anchor more by trade. Does a lot of golf coverage for ESPN. Not a traditional play-by-play guy. You know, Lewis Riddick obviously getting some reps new in the NFL. That's an interesting crew for me on Thursday with Barry and Lewis Riddick. I'm curious how, how what you guys think of that pairing and why Riddick is doing college now. Because they got to find work for him since he's not doing Monday Night Football anymore. <laughs> That's why. Um, but I agree with you. And this is a trend. If you notice ESPN, though, they like they're doing they like to mix and match NFL and college. Look at Dan Orlovsky, for example. He's doing games with Bob with Susan on Saturdays in college, but you see him on NFL Live all the time. And then he's going to be on the number two, I guess, NFL team. Uh, for ESPN. Uh, Robert Griffin, you mentioned, he's being used a lot on NFL Live as well as part of the NFL coverage. So this is, ESPN is starting to blur the lines of college and NFL, and I get it. You don't want, you know, you can only have so many people just do one specific uh, sport, either NFL or college, but that's kind of the coloring. As far as the Matt Berry, that started last year, if you remember. He did the Boise game uh, remotely with, I believe it was Mike Golick Jr. was his no, it was Roddy White. Roddy White was the Thursday night. Oh, it was Roddy White? Okay, yeah. good memory yeah. by you. Uh, I think he did games with Golick even before that, like those weird Tuesday, Wednesday games, whatever. So they have pushed Matt Berry's a play-by-play guy. I, I will see. I, I'm not, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, uh, put it this way. Uh, I, I, it's not, I'm not looking forward to that UCF Thursday night game against Temple uh, to, uh, later this year. With, but, you know, we'll see. Maybe he's gotten better this year. He did do an, a Carolina game this week on ACC Network, and clearly the network's pushing him to be more play-by-play involved in college football. Yeah, although I will say, you know, he's much better on the Saturday studio show, which, of course, we'll yes. be talking about oh, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Uh, as, as well um yeah i also when i when i look at the list um you know i think one of those uh underrated teams would be uh clay maffick and Rock, rocky boyman i mean i like clay maffick he i think he does a real real nice job doing play by play and of course you got to give some love to, to to somebody on the local level uh yeah reedy and golia uh paired with john Shriffin. Yep. So we love reading. And, uh, That's a little bit of a change because uh, yes, he's yeah. been paired with Mike Corey for a long time. I'm not sure what happened there, but now he's with Schriffen. 
uh, on that. But hey, I'm just glad to see him doing games, and hopefully uh, he gets to. We, I see him at a UCF game here. I mean, it only makes sense he lives here. Yeah, no, it'd be great if he, he could call yeah. a game. How about what Deuce you, what, McAllister, by the way, too, well, doing analyst. Did anybody yeah, I was going I was going to ask you guys, what are your thoughts on? So, like, I, I mentioned Roddy, uh, Roddy Jones. Excuse me, I said Roddy White earlier. Roddy <laughs> Jones. Um, he's now on the ACC network, right? Also on the ACC network. I mean, you have Taylor Zarzar. I like him a lot. Actually, I think he's great. You have Dave O'Brien, Tim Hasselbeck on a primetime call. Is that is that a demotion? If you're on ESPN, sort of big ESPN or ESPN two, and then you get bumped to ACC, SEC network, how do you how do you take that as a broadcaster? Is that Ask just Fred a Musburger? <laughs> is that well, a motion? Is well, that well, just do you get to well, you focus know, on something specifically? Like, how do you think about that? Well, what's funny about that is he was paired. He's paired with Wes Durham. He they were the crew for the Gasparilla Bowl mm-hmm. for the Florida UCF game. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if that was like you know foreshadowing if the production if people just like them together and they decided to stick it together that's a great question i do know this the acc network is trying to push football more than before i think they've they've listened to criticism like how they're not football is not a priority quote unquote that basketball is and i feel like i feel like that's a response to that more than hey roddy jones is getting demoted uh but it is a it is weird dynamic in that regard like I figured, like if you told me Dave O'Brien and Tim Hasselback were calling a game, I would think, hey, that's a that's a pretty reputable crew. Dave O'Brien's obviously been around a long time. Hasselback's a name that's known. I'd, I'd think that'd be a Saturday ESPN game. They're the ACC Network primetime game. Maybe a decent slot. You get the best ACC game, but I'm curious if ESPN's positioning to try to your point, Eric, put some emphasis on those broadcasts to kind of show, hey, we're going to give you some great crews because that's a crew specifically that if 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 I didn't have this list in front of me and Jeff just said, hey, you know, Dave Nail and I'm sorry, Dave O'Brien and Tim Hasselback, I would think that's a Saturday crew. I think that's a Saturday, you know, 3.30 kickoff, you know, third game of the weekend kind of crew. I wouldn't think that was the ACC primetime crew. Tim Hasselback, another guy that does NFL stuff. NFL, yeah. Yeah. And does college. So uh, it's weird with him because he's doing the Saturday night college football. And then he's usually on with Scott Van Pelt on SportsCenter Sunday night breaking down the NFL. So, yeah, well, remember, ESPN went through litany of cuts after cuts. So they made their people double up, I guess, to help tighten out that budget up, I guess. <laughs> it is. And, and there's good and bad. Look, at the end of the day, an analyst is good. as, But, you know, seeing the basketball coverage. Sometimes that could throw people off. Like Jay Williams was great in college basketball and was underwhelming in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So can uh, uh, one of the can you follow both and take that commitment that it takes? That's the question with some of these guys sometimes uh, in these roles. And you brought up Lewis Riddick. Now Lewis Riddick in his in defense did college football a few years back before Monday night football. It was a year or two before he got the Monday night football gig. Now he comes back. We'll see, though, because Lewis Riddick, obviously, his priority is the NFL, so we'll see how he sounds on Thursday night, and we'll see what the tone is when he does those games. Is it coming from an NFL perspective, or is he bought in to the college product? Well, let me ask, do, do fans care? In your opinion, Elo, do, do fans care? Do, does that credibility matter to you to say, hey, this guy doesn't know my team. He doesn't know college football. Uh, well, He's an NFL guy. Does, does that matter to you, you think, to the common fan? I think it does. I mean, an example is the West Durham Roddy Joe. They were criticized, right, for UCF fans for the Florida broadcast. And they were victims of poor production, too. (laughs) And the production. Yeah. So uh, I don't I I don't think the fan is thinking, oh, Lewis Riddick, you know, you know, what's he doing here? He's an NFL guy. But I do think if they don't like what they're hearing from Lewis Riddick, they might use that as, hey, man, just stick to the NFL type of thing. 
or yeah, vice versa. You know, I think that's where the quote criticism might come. But to, to answer your question, is that going to affect whether uh, you know how people feel about it? No, I think it's kind of the majority probably won't even notice what we notice. And maybe Riddick gets a few points because he was a front office guy in the NFL. So you gotta you gotta watch the college game for building sure. a franchise. So I th- I think Lewis will do well. I, I think Lewis will do well. I, I I actually thought he was fine on the Monday yeah, night I like the college sim. Yeah. I, I think it was just circumstances around him that probably didn't allow him to flourish as much as he could have potentially uh we'll see how he does here with uh, matt berry yeah and he was a victim of a three-man booth too which you know that could either work out spectacularly well or not very well at all so right yeah that so uh talk about the studio real quick although it's kind of weird to call game day a studio show because it's uh done live on location but it is the it is the flagship it is it is the greatest pregame show to me, in all of sports. Uh, so with Reese Davis, Desmond Howard, David Pollock, Kirk Street, and Orlando's very own Lee Corso. Um, so, Adam, you alluded to earlier, you know, the Herb Street challenges with his schedule now. Do you see, you know, I know, Eric, you, you mentioned before, you, you he might have a decision to make after this season of doing all this stuff together. Could you see maybe during this season they may give him a, give him a load management day <laughs> or at least a load management morning before he does a Saturday night game? It's interesting. Reese was on the the Dan Levitard show today and they they were kind of talking about the the broadcast this past week. And there was a lot of social media chat about Lee Corso. Obviously, we kind of we know Lee's age, his condition and and some of the, you know, some of the things that happened. And, And it's interesting what Reese said was. They didn't think, hey, they did their best show. They felt like it was not a great show. He said they never typically do a show where all of them are, quote unquote, in a box. Some of them are together. They were all in remote locations, someplace different. You know, Reese just mentioned, hey, the chemistry is not there when we're all not there together. I think that's instructive to say that that's the formula for game day is for them to be all together. So I'd be surprised if they gave you know, Herb Street, a pitch count of some sort and let him, you know, let him be away. Cause it sounded like Reese was even saying after one week, we tried this differently. You know, Pollock was here, you know, uh, Corso was here, Herb Street was here and Reese himself said it didn't work really well. We felt like we could have done a better show. So I think that's instructive about what they'll do with, with Herb Street. I think they'll, they'll probably expect him to be on site. And then to, to Eric's point from a previous show, then at the end of the year, Kirk might sit down and go, Hey, what, what are, what, what am I going to do here? How am I going to continue with my travel? I think Corso is the other interesting item. Again, a lot of social media conversation this weekend about you know his performance in the show. Obviously we all know his condition. So uh, I think this, this could be hot take time. I think this could be the last year you see this configuration of, of game day. And I wouldn't be surprised if two of them aren't gone and that's, that's Herb Street and Corso. I think, I think Eric, all credit to you. You said this last time, that's a package deal. I think when one goes, the other goes as well. And so I think I'd be curious to see if this is the last year for this con start of college game day. A hundred percent agree with that. Uh, I think Kirk's there still because he likes, he loves Corso. He owes everything to Corso. Corso helped him when he started and he's there to protect him because Lee's not in, you know, doesn't have his fastball every, you know, deal. I do think there will. This will be the to me the biggest story in all of Bruff's football media. To me, is Kurt Herbstreit and how this year goes uh, from an NFL play uh, analyst standpoint. From game day, there's no way he can do all three moving forward. I just don't believe that's possible. And I found that interesting what you just said, Adam. It almost sounded like they used that as an experiment to maybe see if they can get away with maybe Kurt can do a couple of these remotely because. The college basketball version, Jay Billis, uh, a few sometimes when the game day is not at the site that he's doing the game, will do it remotely. 
uh, pop in remotely. So that's an interesting theory you just brought up there, Adam. I wonder if Game Day used this studio show as a way to maybe experiment to maybe give Herbstreet a little leeway there, but uh, doesn't sound like it worked out. I, I do think this will be the last year for both. I think Lee will go out on his terms there, but I, I it's just every time I watch, I'm like, oh, come on, get hang in there. And I do think Kirk will walk out there uh, at the end as well. I think when Lee's gone, I think he's gone. I would think that if, if I'm Kirk, the one he would give up is game day. Even mm-hmm. though he's been there since the beginning, I think he loves the game analyst role. And unless he just has a miserable time with Al this year, I don't see him giving that up either. So I think I, I agree with you 100%, Adam. I think this is the last year of this show with those two of them. And I think one of the targets they're going to go after is Pat McAfee. Well, the Athletic put out there, I think, Eric, you sent me this survey. I think yeah. The Athletic did, right? And and the results came back that the most likely person to re- replace Corso is nobody. Like, they essentially said nobody <laughs> should replace that chair, right? Uh, but I think McAfee has uh, has sort of that younger demo at some point. I think Saban, if he wants to walk away, he'd obviously be a name they'd entertain at that point. I don't know how realistic that is. So I think that's a, one of the bigger looming questions is, is this the the swan song year for this construct of college game day? And then who's on the horizon after that? Who's next? You, know, you mentioned McAfee. And that's uh, interesting because, you know, he they did integrate, integrate him into game day uh, a few seasons back, kind of doing the zany stuff and all that. And, you know, and again, I'm on the, you know, the McAfee thing with me is I, I prefer him in smaller doses. Uh, I don't know if I could handle him three hours uh, mm. on, on college game day. Uh, and, and, the, and again, you mentioned Corso and everything, you know, and they've scaled his time back on the show. And sure. I could see there being additional scaling back through the course of the season. I could definitely. In some, in some respects, you wonder if Corso shouldn't just have like an, an emeritus role where even if he's in a, you know, his home studio, he just comes on at the end, puts the headgear on. I think people would still be okay with that in some yeah. respects, right? If he's not doing analysis, but you mentioned McAfee. And I think the, the trick with Corso was, and I, I have, I personally, maybe I missed it. So, you know, Elo, Jeff, keep me honest on this one. I haven't seen McAfee in an analyst role really have the chops. He's a hell of an entertainer, yeah. super funny, super engaging, but Corso was both. He could break down the game a little bit. He could give you X's and O's and then he could play the shtick. He could play the, you know, the, the card if he needed to, right? He had that, that side of him. I haven't seen that analyst level side of McAfee. I've seen most entertainment. I'm not saying he can't. I just haven't seen it. Maybe I've missed it. I don't know. No, I don't disagree with you on that. Uh, but I think my counter to that is they have enough analysts on that table with Pollock and, you know, they have well, if Herbie goes that. away. If Herbie goes away, then then what? Now you got McAfee and well, I mean, Howard that, and that's... Pollock would be your analysts. And I mean, all due respect to Desmond. Desmond well, I think RG3 is <laughs> another name to watch there. I think RG3 okay. could be another name. The analyst part, I think they could figure out. I think the issue there is who – I think the reason why McAfee's name would be floated is – I agree with you. He's not there for his analyst, but he does bring that entertainment value that would be lost with no Lee Corso. That's the big loss. Yes, Corso was a great analyst, but the entertainment of him going after teams and messing with the crowd, that will be missing when he's gone. Sure. And who can replace that? That's going to be the hard part. And that's why a McAfee may be that guy because he can fit that young demo entertainment and, and throw in some football. Yeah. Scott Frost may be available. Yeah, <laughs> Inter- Scott Frost and entertainment. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, 
Yeah. Entertaining game this weekend. He entertained, he entertained <laughs> us on Saturday. Yeah, he might be available sooner if he calls another onside <laughs> kick, for sure. So, <laughs> um, and, of course, we'll touch on this one real quick. Uh, so they're, they're, they're studio on Saturday in studio for doing a lot of the updates and half times, and, and then, of course, college football final, which I love. Uh, Matt Barry, Joey Galloway. Is Jesse Palmer back or is he going to be too? Yeah, he's back. He resigned a deal. (laughs) He resigned. They added Dan Mullen, uh, who actually sounded good. I think he's okay. Yeah. I think he's going to end up being pretty good. Uh, the only thing is, I don't know if he's in this for the long term or if he's just this for rehab, you know, <laughs> coaches <laughs> rehab. Uh, like, just get me out there for a year, and then I'll go back to coaching. But, and that seems to be that role of that football former coach on ESPN2. That's slot, that Chip right? Kelly, that Chip right? Kelly role that he played yeah. for years. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so you can't over under a year and a half, but I, I think Dan Mullen will be a nice addition there. And then, you know, the, 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 the late night show with it, it's good. But I'll be honest, it'll never be what it was when it was Reese, Mark, and Lou Holtz. Like, to me, that was always my favorite one. I'll tell you who College Game Day would really use. They can't get him. I don't think there's enough money in the world to throw at him. But College Game Day would be all set if they could talk Lane Kiffin into Jordan that set. If Lane Kiffin became College Game Day, they would be all set. Now, he's got a, a... a bunch of years probably in front of him coaching wise, but I think he would be that ultimate. He could play the heel, has a little analyst, could take some jabs here and there, certainly would throw some jokes back. I think Lane Kiffin would be the guy if we're, if we're thinking long-term, but I don't think they have enough money to throw at Lane. <laughs> Interesting thought. So you heard her here first. Uh, I, tell you, I think we just got material for, a, you know, whenever Corso retires, we've got our boat, our special podcast ready to go. Yeah. there you That's yeah. a name drop. I'm actually in an email chain right now with somebody on ESPN. I will I will throw that in here right now. Hey, free idea for you. Yeah, hire Lane Kiffin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> name drop. Oh. A, a, a nameless name drop. <laughs> a nameless name drop, yes. There you go. All right, so let's switch over to Fox. Uh, Gus Johnson, Joel Klatt, Jenny Taft, the top team there. Jason Benetti and Brock Heward and Allison Williams, uh, the new number two team uh, there. And then you add in Tim Brando and Spencer Tillman. Noah Eagle. Uh, going to be working with Mark Helfrich uh, as uh, th- those are the top four teams there. And of course, uh, you can't, you can't help but love college football when Gus is on a call, right? Yeah. I mean, he brings the excitement. He brings the energy. Uh, I mean, he, it's a, it's always a fun broadcast when he's there. I will tell you guys though, I had a chance to um, for reasons, not only to myself, watch a bunch of Nebraska Northwestern on Saturday with Benetti and Brock Heward. I liked, I really liked that broadcast. I really liked that pairing. I thought they were really good together. I thought Heward did a nice job of, uh, of sort of integrating with, uh, with Benetti. And obviously they're, they're a new team. I, you couldn't, in my opinion, you couldn't have told that, told me that if I had just turned the TV on and you said, Hey, this is the first time these guys work together. I wouldn't have believed that they seemed like they had a really good chemistry, really good connection. It's actually a really good broadcast. The only thing I was annoyed about is they were clearly weren't in Ireland, but they made every effort to never tell you they weren't in Ireland, which is fine. Like, just be honest with me as a viewer, they're not there. I get it. But I enjoyed that. I actually thought that was a really good pairing. I think it's a really smart hire by Fox. I thought Benetti and Hewer did a really nice job this Saturday. Yeah, I, I agree. agree with you. Yeah. And, and I've always liked Hewitt. I think he's been done a solid job whatever he's been whatever he's done. He's always been really good. I agree with that. And from a baseball standpoint, you look at Fox's lineup, Joe Davis, Jason Benetti, Adam Amin, that's a pretty good one, two, three in your rotation for baseball. And it'll be, that's going to be a factor when it gets to postseason, as we'll get into with baseball and the NFL conflicts. And perhaps conf, uh, Jason Benetti, does he get to do some MLB playoffs alongside the college football? And then obviously you got Tim Brando 
Spencer Tillman. I mean, we know what the, that group That's is. That's an old, reliable, you know, good, solid. You, I, I feel like in. you can't have a year on Fox or FS1 without Petros Pepedekis doing games, right? Like, <laughs> I feel like he's been there since the network existed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he goes back to when, what, the 1990s, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously, with Barry Tompkins. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and then their studio show, Rob Stowe, Matt Leiter, Reggie Bush, Brady Quinn, and the return of Urban Meyer. That's <laughs> just, you Somebody know. had to do it. Yeah, now, now this studio show is definitely, you know, fighting well below its weight because, I mean, the what numbers do they get going against game day in a pregame format? I mean, it's got to be close to zero. Um, you know, and, and to me, you know, they now take a credibility hit with Meyer back on the scene. Yeah, that's going to be the big question for them is, do you believe that my Arab and Meyer could still draw for them or will people just be so turned off? And I think the answer is it depends on the game they're leading up to. Like if they're doing an Ohio State game, I think Urban's going to be still like there, whereas elsewhere it could become an issue. They are taking the show more on the road this year. They're going to be in Austin for Alabama, Texas, and I believe they're going to be there for Oklahoma, Nebraska, and Lincoln. But, yeah, I mean, I've never been a big fan of that show. Uh, I just, I mean, you're just copying game day, but you're not as good at it. And, you know, that athletic report article that Adam alluded to earlier, they did a survey and like ESPN crushed Big Noon. Like it wasn't even close. I think it was, what is it, like 88% preferred game day over Big Noon or something like that. So uh, I I just, you know, it is what it is. It's the only people that watch it are like the two teams that their game's going to be there at noon, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I struggle with what's the identity of this show? What, what, like, why am I tuning in just because it happens to be on before whatever game I may want to watch? Like, I'm not seeking this show out. Uh, you know, when it's when it's Saturday and it's 10 a.m. and I'm at home around the house, I'm like, oh, game day's on. I'm not like, oh, big noon kickoff is on. Like, I just, it's just not, it doesn't resonate with me. I don't know what their identity is. And here's the other thing I'd say about the cast. And this, I don't know if this is a positive or a negative. You guys can tell me. If you took any one of these five people off the cast, I don't know if I'd notice. Like I would, I don't know if I tune on. Like, oh no, Reggie Bush isn't on anymore. Like I don't know that I would notice. And maybe that's a good thing, right? The chemistry's there. It's kind of one unified voice. But I also honestly think it's a bad thing. There's nobody on this panel that's going to get me to watch. Urban's probably going to get me to not watch more than watch, and not because of the Jacksonville stuff, which is you know as bad as it could get, right? But I just never really liked him. As I always thought he was a bit of a fraud in some respects as as a leader of of, of men, quote unquote. Anyway, so. I just you take anybody off this show and I'm still I, I don't know they're missing. I don't know what that says about them. I don't know what their identity is. Um, I don't know what they need to. Maybe they need to hire Lane Kiffin. Maybe that's what they need to do, um, because I think they need something to get a little juice. And maybe they need maybe McAfee fits better with them than ESP. And I don't know, but they need to figure something out because this is just a, a blah type of a cast and nothing really sticks out to me to Eric's point. I'm not going to turn this show on unless they have some major interview coming up that I want to see, or I just happen to be stuck on the channel because the game I want to watch is on after that. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, I think Adam, you might have a future for uh, Lane Kiffin's post uh, game. I'm going to call, yeah, <laughs> call Lane Kiffin's agent. And what is it? It's probably, um, uh, somebody important. <laughs> Listen, if he if he ends up with a big TV deal, he bet he at least owes you a yeah. Sons of UCF appearance. Okay, yep. that's all. That's all. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, switching over to CBS, which of course includes uh, the CBS and CBS Sports Network. Uh, Brad Nestle, Gary Davis, and Jenny Dell 
uh, the main SEC announced crew. Rich Waltz, Aaron Taylor, and Sherry Burris, the second team. Jason Knapp, Ross Tucker uh, doing the Army games. Uh, Jason Sadak and Chick Hernandez will split play-by-play for the uh, Navy games, uh, working with uh, Randy Cross. And, of course, uh, some of the other other play-by-play guys. Dave Ryan, who's been doing this forever. Uh, uh, Chris Hassel, who's, uh, I think, an up-and-comer in the in, in the business. Um, so to give you some, some thoughts on CBS. Adam? I had to, my Wikipedia had to work overtime to figure out who some of these folks were because these a lot of these names are names that are not necessarily um, super super familiar or common to me. I, I think the Nestler Danielson pairing. I mean, CBS only has a few years left of of the SEC contract. I know they're maybe in talks with you know with other network with other uh, conferences, Big Twelve, uh, the Pac twelve, Pac ten, well, whatever that is now. Well, they're going to have the Big Ten. Big Ten at some point, like. I, Something needs to give here. Like I, I looked at the the studio list. I'm I'm gonna give uh, this is uh, more agent advice. Throw Danny Cannell on that on that top team. Give me give me Nestler, Danny Dan, uh, Danielson, and Danny Cannell. Yeah, you need some sort of a juice, some sort of a foil there. This one just feels like kind of an old timey. Yes, second and ten. That's a third down. Like you, there's no juice. There's no activity. There's no. There's nothing that's gonna keep me hooked in the game. I think they need one more voice there. Danny Cannell's a bit of a. You know, hot take artist at times. He knows his football a little bit. He's been on big stages at ESPN. Maybe it's time to work in kind of a younger voice, make a three-man booth there. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Canell up there. I think the rest of it's interesting. The, the, the rest of it's solid. Um, I thought the press release that uh, CBS uh, Network came out with, Tom Herman, out of the cobwebs of Texas, out of the cobwebs of, I think it was the Chicago Bull or Chicago Bears analyst, it would have been better if he was a Bulls analyst. Um, I think he was an analyst for the Bears. All of a sudden, in the booth, like, where did Tom Herman come from? I'm interested in, in, in how that works out. He won't get high ratings in the, in the city of Houston. Um, I can tell you no. that. Maybe with I the do. Bulls, he will. I wonder if Herman gets the, uh, the, the uh, assignment of the UCF-FAU game or if they try to uh, – I just oh I watched the, the FAU game. Robert Turbin was on that one. He made his he made his debut on that. Is that one. who it was? Okay, I couldn't eh. recognize. Yeah, I did eh. watch. I'm I'm happy Rich Waltz got promoted. I like I've been a Rich Waltz fan since he was the voice of the Marlins and kind of got unjustly kind of let go on that one. Uh, the Nestler Danielson, I would agree with you, except they're getting the Big Ten, and I actually think that's what that that fits the Big Ten that's mold. Fair. Gary Danielson's a Purdue guy. Yeah, they're probably the happiest because they were probably going to be out of a job and like looking to like figure out what they're going to do. But now, I could see them surviving and doing those Big Ten games, and they probably are like, well, we don't have to do a Mountain West game again, uh, um, like they sometimes have to do. So I, I don't see that happening. I do agree with you about Danny Canal. It's just kind of weird. Why not put him on the main CBS studio? I always been confused how they do the CBS main studio versus the non CBS studio, and it's kind of like like they it's almost like they graduated Adam Zucker to that you know role for years, but then they got Rick Neuheisel, and then they got like why not put Danny Cannell there, who's a pretty big name? I would put him in that studio role there. I'm not a, a fan of the CBS studio role there. Um, and then my boy Dave Ryan, who I spotted for when he would do UCF football games on CBS. Yeah, we're ready for it. Right? Yeah, I couldn't wait longer. I mean, Adam's been beating me to the bell. Uh, <laughs> but why, Dave Ryan? I, is he just taking a seat, a back seat? Or are they taking him for granted? I, I, I just find it weird that he's just kind of like there. He's just there, and he's really good. Like yeah. I'm just confused by that personally. Yeah. I like CBS's studio show with uh, Zucker, Neuheisel, and Brian Jones. I think they're you pretty like Brian fun. Jones. 
Yeah, I think you know he brings a, he brings kind of that humorous aspect to it. I like him. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, but, <laughs> Adam. The but, C, Adam's, but, I think Adam's agreeing with me. I think on that. But I do. But I do agree. I think Danny Cannell does deserve a bigger role, whether it would be yeah. in the CBS studio or or uh, or on on a, on a game cast game yeah. podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I think the CBS studio is kind of like what I think about with Fox. Like, it's, it, I only have it on when I when my three thirty game is going to start, and it's like three ten, and the game I watched at noon is over, and so I'm going to flip to CBS to watch that game, and it's got ten minutes before the game's going to start, and I just happen to catch that piece of the studio because they're on a, such an odd time. I don't know how many people are watching studio shows at three in the afternoon, right? So that's the other thing about it is I don't catch much of it just by the construct of how the schedules work every Saturday on on the college sports calendar. Uh, Danny Cannell, the ESPN Danny Cannell cut has hurt both sides because Cannell obviously you know could use the ESPN platform, and I think he would have been a perfect fit on ACC Network right now. Like he's the mm-hmm. perfect guy to be on ACC Network either as your main analyst or your main studio guy instead of like EJ Manuel and Mark Rick. Like that's a perfect man. That's what it's just. Oh, it's just kind of head scratching there. Yeah. Anyway. All right, let's switch over to NBC for now. It's oh. only Notre Dame. And it's uh, and I'll go to and you'll get my take on this just by the introduction. Chris Collinsworth kid and Jason Garrett. (laughs) Uh, What is going on here? (laughs) I I just why? Like, why? Why is Jason Garrett in our lives here all of a sudden where I I I mean, Adam, I watched them in the pregame when they're in the Pro Bowl. The guy's moving his hands all over the place and he's talking loud and he's spending nothing really interesting coming out. And now you're putting with Jock Collinsworth to do Notre Dame games. Are you kidding me? Why isn't Mike Golick in this role? Great question. That would have. Yeah, that's my answer right there. <laughs> Who would have been more perfect than Mike Golick? Yeah. <laughs> this just strikes me as arrogance. Where NBC says, you're going to watch anyway. It's Notre Dame. You're tuning in to watch Notre Dame. We don't care who's in the booth. We're going to put whoever we want, and you kind of deal with it. Now, I recognize it's probably not that not that aggressive, but it just strikes me as a move of, like, we don't really care who our, who our booth product is because you're going to watch this Notre Dame. I think, to Eric's point earlier... You know, this is also setting up for what are they going to do next year? You know, and are they trying to break these crews in for smaller games on, on you know, sort of the, the, the other packages they're going to acquire? Because I can't imagine this is the booth that they're going to roll out as they acquire more and more college this is a properties. Booth. <laughs> yeah, this this strikes me as, yeah, you're going to catch that, that you know, 3.30 streaming on Peacock team. It's going to be Collinsworth <laughs> and Garrett. If Garrett's still there at that point, I don't know if he's got any more future in coaching. Obviously, he's flamed out at a few different spots, but... This would just strikes me as like NBC's like it's Notre Dame. You're going to watch anyway. You're not going to care who's in the booth. Th- these guys are cheap. I assume maybe it's a bit of a cost cutting measure at this point. Let's save our money to get contracts. I, this, this is a I don't understand this one either. I have a, a good buddy of mine who's a Notre Dame fan. Loves Notre Dame. Watches them every Saturday. Lives and dies with them. And he's just like Jason Garrett. Really? Like do I, I have to watch with the sound down now? And I was like, I guess. Like, but you're still going to watch. So, <laughs> what 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 did your friend think of Drew Brees last year? Wasn't a fan yeah. of that either. Yeah. Wasn't a fan of that either. See, see this is just a, a combination of, of kind of these, this failed plan that NBC had. Actually, I'll tell you what he said. I'll tell you, what he said. sorry to interrupt you, Eric. He said, I think it's going to be a point. Why is Notre Dame the JV booth for NBC? It's kind of what he said. Why yeah. are we the practice yes, squad right. for NBC? What is it? What's right. his exact quote? <laughs> and they, yeah, he's 100% correct. And 
Are they the JV to the NFL, the Sunday night crew? Are they the JV to the Big Ten football package? Like, what the heck? They will. And, and <laughs> what's, you know, this is a failed experiment with, with pushing Tariko into Sunday night, pushing Al out to Amazon. This is the some of the, the effects of all of this is this. And this is the scary thing. You could joke about, oh, you're going to watch anything. One of the games they have this year that a lot of people will probably watch is Clemson at Notre Dame. That's later this year. That will be a scrutinized broadcast. They better be ready because if they're not, if they if our criticism and our concerns here is valid, they're going to get crushed that night. They're going to get crushed. But if they end up being good, then you know we'll have to eat some crow. But that that's the night where a lot of people are going to be watching. But I think NBC is fine with that. Because they're probably going to replace these guys anyway. So what does it matter if they if they crush his booth? Because they're probably going to be. Are a we new sure they are? Uh, well, they've are got we sure well they they've they've got inventory that they're going to have to. That's fair, right? Program for so yeah. they're going to yeah. have to they're going to have fair. to hit the market and find people. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Well, if you're, if you're Notre Dame and, and they have such an interesting contract with NBC, if you're Notre Dame at all, Elo, do you go to NBC and go, hey, can we? I mean, what do we do? Like, I wonder if they have any say so, or if they get complaints, if they can go to NBC and go, "Hey, you've got to, you got to." I'm not, I'm not saying this is a, a you know, uh, a David Stern NBA, uh, you know, situation with you know, Stan Van Gundy, but can you, can you like influence this booth going forward if you're Notre Dame? Well, you know, it's funny. Years ago, there was reports, there was rumor that Notre Dame kind of complained to NBC about Mike Mayock mm. in the booth, so. I do think that's a possibility. The counter to that is NBC might be a, might be a, about to write a seventy-five to one hundred million dollar check to Notre Dame when they renew the deal here in a couple of years. So that might shut Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame's like, yeah, do whatever you want, <laughs> whatever. But write <laughs> sure. the check, or they might say, yeah. we don't want Jason Garrett. Really? What about if we give you a hundred million? All right, he can stay. There yeah, <laughs> money talks, right? Work, work for Jerry Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's so true. So true. Oh gosh. So uh, let's uh, let's talk NFL now. So uh, let's start with the Amazon because we've talked a lot about Herb Street so far and the Perry Val Michaels. I did uh, like you, Eric. I did catch a little bit of that uh, that their their practice preseason broadcast. And uh, what I found interesting in that broadcast, and I don't know if that's something they will continue to do. Uh, there were moments they were having a little bit of conversation, and not so much doing play-by-play and analysis during the game. Now, that might be a function of it being a preseason game in the third quarter, I think, when I was tuned in. Um, but uh, Specifically a Houston Texans preseason game. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, <laughs> but, but overall, you know, you, you know they, they're, they've got a lot of uh, uh, NBC production uh, people working on that broadcast. So I think, you know, they're, they're set up for success from that angle. Uh, and, of course, you know, you got two, you know, stalwarts, in broadcasting, one college, one pro. Uh, I thought I thought that first one came off pretty well as myself. I think they were really good, but I, I think this is a boomer bust crew. I don't question that those two can work a game together. The question is, can they work a full season together? And it's not because they may or may not get along. Is you know, I don't know if you guys caught this. I mean, Al Michaels, I think Andrew Marchant talked to Andrew Marchant, who basically admitted to Andrew Marchant, like, yeah, if Joe Buck didn't go to ESPN, I would have gone. <laughs> and Robert Kraft apparently called Fox to try to get Al in the door to Fox. Does that sound like a guy that's happy to be at, at Prime Amazon? Like, even listening to Al do the promos for, like, the Sunday night, th- it was almost like a cringe moment there for Al. It's like, yeah, yeah, the Bills and the Rams, you know, I'm, 
NBC. You know, it was it was hard for him to get it out of his words there. He's like, <laughs> what am I doing here? What am I, where am I again? Prime? Is that what I'm supposed to say? And then Al like spent the fourth quarter talking about like, you know, Michelle Tafoya and putting stuff in, in his food, vegetables in his food that he wasn't happy about. But the other thing is from Kirk's standpoint, he could do analyst work, but I don't know if he's going to step his toe and throw a hot opinion about the NFL. Is he going to be, how can he do that? That's not his livelihood, like Chris Collinsworth would. So I know, I don't know if you caught this, Jeff, but I thought Al had through more NFL opinions than he normally does, I think, to offset Herb Street's lack of NFL opinions. And it's not that Kurt doesn't follow the NFL, but let's be real. He's not going to, I don't see Kurt Herbstreit throwing a hot opinion like Chris Collinsworth would say, like, Al, I think Tom Brady, you know, and Bill Belichick, they're going to be, you know, I don't think Kurt's going to touch any of that stuff as far as what's going on league-wide. I think he's going to be just behave well. You noticed on the broadcast, he mentions where the school of the guys that play. So there's that college thing. But I just wonder how is that going to work over a season? Not to mention, Adam, what you brought up about Kirk's health issues. And again, I think this is a boomer bust. I think at the end of the year, we're going to say this was a great crew with Kaylee Hartung, who I like a lot. I actually like Clarissa Thompson as the studio host for that show, uh, the pregame. But I just wonder, where's the motivation for these two in week 12? I don't know. Pick a random Thursday night NFL game if you have the schedule in front of you. A weird game that you're like, are you really excited to be here for this? That's the question I have. Yeah, yeah. there have not been a lot of exciting Thursday night tilts in the history of the package. Yeah, I think they're doing a <laughs> Cleveland-Pittsburgh game this year. Are you? Ex- I mean, they're going to be fired up to analyze, you know, uh, the quarterback matchup there. Is Herbstreit going to be fired up for, like, potentially, like, either Kenny Pickett or uh, Mitch Trubisky against Jacoby Brissett on Thursday night prime? I mean, jeez. <laughs> Adam? Yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe this is a low bar. It was better than I expected, uh, frankly. Like, I I thought the graphics package was clean. I thought, to to Eric's point, the pregame stuff was good. I didn't watch it from start to finish, but I kind of kept flipping and flipping as a relative term. That was the other issue was, like, I got to keep going from a streaming to a a regular to a streaming to a regular, so it was tough to kind of flip back and forth. So that's where I'm concerned with this this booth, Eric, to your point, is if it's a, you know, Jags-Lions Thursday night game and it's, you know, 17-13 and I flip off, it for something else you can't just flip back right you have to you have to find your way to navigate back to the platform i think that's the more interesting part is is will al stick in for all these weeks of not calling the marquee game is he going to want to have that itch back to, to to know the sunday night the monday night game the big game the prime time the headliner he's not going to be a part of that I just don't know where he fits back in, right? Where does he get back in unless there's some sort of a timeshare he can work out or splits time with somebody else because the other boosts are pretty well stocked across the other networks. Where does he fit back in? Um, And I think I agree on Herb Street. I think he's going to tell you what he saw on the field and that's it. He's going to tell you that was a great out route by the cornerback. You know, he really read that receiver really well. And, you know, you got to get that ball some more air. Second and 10. Like, I don't think he's going to criticize and say, hey, that's a pass that Kyler Murray hasn't made for 10 years. You know, when is he going to get better? And that's what that's what Collinsworth would have done. I don't think Herb Street's going to do that unless he can bring it back to a recent college player and a recent college criticism, right? You know, at Oklahoma, Kyler Murray always struggled on, you know, third and longs, right? I'm curious to see if he can do that from NFL stuff. I think if not, we'll keep it very much on the field. Got to throw that higher, give him a catchable ball. You can't hold on that penalty. You really got to get that block, what he sees, and I think he gets out. I'm curious, so will Al stick in 
all you know 17 16 weeks of this where he's calling some of the you know some of the worst games on the on the slate that week well he's got to get to the finish line to call that playoff game he's going to do for nbc right because he is going to yeah. be in the rotation i will, for I will say yeah. that i will say this keep this in mind i wouldn't be shocked if he took a game or two off i don't again i don't have the schedule in front of me but if he took a game off and maybe Mike Tirico filled in, remember Tirico and Herbstreit used to do Thursday night football. And I actually think if you would have put Tirico in this role, if you would have just kept Al Michaels on Sunday, because here's the thing. Yes, I agree with you about the Amazon Prime graphics. You know what it felt like? It felt like Sunday night football light. It's mm-hmm. basically what we're getting. Even with the pregame, it's basically similar to Sunday night football. It's Fred Goodell is producing it. So I expect it to be very similar to NBC. I actually like their music. Uh, it's really good. But if they would have just plugged in, and I understand why it's not happening, because Tariko had it in its contract, he wanted to do NFL, I get all that. You put Tariko with Herbstreit for Thursday night NFL, keep Al with Collinsworth, I mean, that's a 180, that's a huge difference. They would have been perfect. I, you know, but it's not reality. But I, I wouldn't be shocked if Tariko filled in for a game or two on a Thursday night if Al just said, yeah, I... I'm not. I'm a little under the weather. I don't want to go to like you know <laughs> load or... load management uh, coming your way <laughs> soon. Uh, let's uh, quickly shift over to some of the other networks. CBS, of course, the number one team. Uh, Nansen, Romo, and Wolfson. Uh, Ian Eagle, Charles Davis, Evan Washburn, the second team. Kevin Harlan, Trent Green, Melanie Collins, the third team. Um, the of of all the lists, you know, I mean, you know, I, I like the Andrew Kettle and James Lofton pairing a lot. I kind of wish they they were higher. They I think they should be the number four team ahead of Greg Gumble and uh, Adam Archuleta. Uh, if if I were uh, making those picks, but uh, Nansen Romo. So what are your thoughts as CEOs? They enter another season together. Is Romo fatigue happening? Uh, I kind of get yeah. the sense that is taking place. That's my biggest question. Has Romo jumped the shark at this point? Has as the the allure of the you know the prognostication, play calling, and the you know the loud noises and gesticulations is that all kind of worn off at this point? I I think I was the one who said on the last show. I felt like Romo got a little lazy last year. I felt like I didn't get as much preparation as I think I got in previous seasons. I felt like I didn't get as much inside info as much of the X's and O's analysis. I think I got more character. Tony Romo, then I got more analyst Tony Romo last season. I'm curious if he gets back to that, if he's able to to bring that back. Again, I like the loud noises and the, you know, ooh, look at this, Jim, and that's great. And sure, that's the fun element. But what you loved about Romo in year one and year two was he was telling you what was going to happen. He was giving you some insight. He was giving you formational advice on how things are working. He was, again, calling plays in advance, which I wonder how the NFL really feels about all that stuff. But either way, I think what's funny is the first Further removed he gets away from the game, how much well, how much is he able to keep up with? Is he putting in the work? He's obviously getting a large contract. I'm not here saying he's mailing it in, but he's obviously getting a large contract. As far as I can tell, he spends a lot of time on the golf course in the offseason. He's further removed now from playing in the league. Does he know the players as well? Does he know the coaches as well? Does he know the systems as well? He can if he does the research. I'm curious if this year's Tony Romo is more personality Romo more analyst Romo. I think that's to me, the biggest question in the CBS side and kind of a victim of his own success. Maybe, you know, having such a big splash in the first year, was there anywhere for him to go up? <laughs> well, he just came off the field though, right? That's the thing. Yeah. Like he, he knew these plays, he knew these players, he knew these teams, knew these coaches. And now they're, they're you know, he's five years removed from that when there are new players, new coaches, new schemes, new systems. And so you can keep up with that if you want to, right? You can find ways to get that insight, to learn more about that. 
Is he doing that this offseason? Did he do that this, this offseason? He won the American Century Championship in Tahoe. I know that. But I don't know if he was anywhere near a playbook this year to, to figure out some of this stuff. Stability. That's what CBS has. I mean, it's pretty much the same group they've had. Complete opposite of Fox. And I think CBS is way deeper. I think there's a gap now between CBS and Fox as far as the broadcast. I mean, uh, you got Nance, Eagle, Harlan. That's a heck one, two, three punch. I think to your point there, Jeff, I think – I think what, how many how much longer does Greg Gumbel hang around doing play by play? That will be the question. That's where I think Catalan eventually will move into that four spot because uh, I agree with you. I like Catalan a lot. Uh, I even like Spiro Dinas a lot. I don't know the Jay Feely. We'll see. I, that's not bad. Uh, I like their depth. I think the Romo stuff is valid. Uh, valid questions there, but I mean I think CBS is solid and. Uh, but I, you know, it'll be interesting if they get scrutinized more or less because really. The big storylines are all what's going on at uh, all the new place, the pieces at Fox. Yeah. They, of course, you mentioned that stability. And of course, you know, all that movement, they all have Tony Romo to thank for making so much money because everybody <laughs> else got to cash in uh, on that deal. Just a quick note on CBS Studio. I mean, James Brown, Boomer Science, and Phil Sims, Bill Coward, Nate Burleson. I think this is a studio show that's kind of getting long in the tooth. Uh, I, and I also think, um, you know, you know, CBS has the the Nate Burleson thing. They want to make him like Michael Strahan. You know, uh, I'm on this show. I'm on this show. I'm on this show. Uh, just in, any quick comments on their studio before we move on. Needs a refresh. Yeah, it needs it needs something, right? Lane Giffen, come on, come on. Down. <laughs> he, he did do he did coach in the NFL. It, it, um, they need something. They need something. Couldn't you say that though for all the network yes. pre games? I mean, it's the same thing at Fox. I mean, I, I just. To me, the pregame show is just, oh, it's rough. I don't watch it, to be honest with you. Neither, well, unfortunately, people do, and that's why it sticks around. And we double dip. Like, there's double, like, multiple pregame shows. Like, I don't like the Fox one. The only news there is Jimmy Johnson won't even be in studio for most of them. He'll be, like, remote for half and half. for. He'll be in studio for double headers. Like, they've just stayed with And there's too many people in the studio. Yeah. I hate it. And I don't understand the thinking behind it. We got too many mouthpieces. And that's why I just, to me, it's unwatchable, all of them. Uh, and so that's, unfortunately, that's what I'm going to say for all the pregame. So I think I saved you time on the other pregame because <laughs> I, I just, I'm not a fan of any of them. Yeah, you did. And of course, uh, you know, I'll be used to see what, how well Sean Payton does before uh, he takes the reins of the Dallas Cowboys. The problem may, there is, I happy. don't, <laughs> the, the problem there is, I don't think he's going to say anything interesting because I think he wants to still coach. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, let's talk Fox real quick uh, because of the Joe Buck, Troy Aikman move, which we'll talk about uh, subsequently. So Kevin Burkhart moves up to the number one chair. Greg Olson comes there with him as he holds the seat warm for Tom Brady forthcoming, whatever year that's going to be. Joe Davis and Moose Johnson. Moose Johnson, again, gets to go back up the depth chart at Fox. He is he has lived a uh, an interesting life there, going from the top to the bottom, back to the top or near the top, <laughs> it, as it were. And then Adam Adam Amin, Mark Schlereth, uh, tremendous booth uh, there. And I, you know, I, I love Kenny Albert. I'm not really high on Jonathan Vilma all that much, but uh, again, I think you you did state that well, Eric. That the, the the depth at CVS is much greater than it is at Fox. Yeah, does Fox care about the NFL anymore? That's my question to you both of you. I really want I don't understand this lineup. I you move Joe Davis from number two college football to your number two NFL? Like, why didn't you just bump Adam Amin up? Like, I don't understand that move. 
I, I got questions about Burkhardt and Olsen. How long is that going to last? I mean, they're trying to promote him as an entire crew. I, is it going to be great? I don't know. I, Chris Myers. Why do I have to have Chris Myers and like doing football the entire year? I have to see. I have to see him doing Bucks preseason games and Fox games. And he he's paired with Robert Smith, who's well, that's like right. his, what third run with the network. <laughs> Well, and that's the other thing. We have all these former ESPN college guys there with yep. Mark Sanchez, Vilma, like <laughs> Adam, Jeff, please help me off a cliff. Tell me something. Give me a reason for optimism here. Give me something. I really like Adam and me and Mark Schlereth. Like, I don't know why that why that pairing's not a higher. I may I may put them my number one pairing if I'm Fox at this point. I know why they don't. I was actually gonna make the same point. This feels like the you know you've heard of the island of misfit toys. This feels like the island of misfit ESPN college football analysts with with Vilma Sanchez and Robert Smith who have all been there. I actually I think Vilma's interesting, Jeff. I think he's got to get some polish. I think he's got some insight, but he was really rough last year. I don't think he knew when to when to interject, when to lay out, when to talk some more Sanchez I just he's like trying to do this Romo impression but it isn't really Romo but he's trying to put some personality in it it just doesn't work I don't think he's a play uh, a, a guy that should be in the booth I agree with Eric frankly I don't I don't really know what of these analysts is going to get me to um you know to watch a game and I don't understand the succession plan like where where are you getting new young talent from you're gonna have to poach it from someplace else but you've seen they've missed on a few folks of late, right? They, they miss on Sanchez. They miss on Vilma. Mm-hmm. So who's who's making these talent assessments? Tom Brady? I mean, yes, we can all agree. We all, by the way, we all agree he was on the Mass Singer the last couple of weeks, right? We all agree that's what that's where he was at on his, his Buccaneers. <laughs> we know he's going to pop up at some okay. point. Yeah. He was yeah. absolutely on the Mass Singer. That's why he was away. Point. But Tom Brady doesn't make this any better, right? He's another unknown. So I don't understand this, the succession plan. I don't understand the talent assessment. I don't know if they're just going for names. I don't know if they're just kind of mailing it in to sort of rebuild. And maybe it's just one of those things where you tear the team down to get a high draft pick. But I don't, I don't know where they're going with this. You know, I I would have thought, interestingly enough, with their move, I wonder if they ever considered moving Kurt Menefee from the studio back into play-by-play because he does the he does the the spring football, and I I think he's a pretty credible play-by-play guy. But that's they need to make a bunch of moves. Though. I mean, yeah, they could, but I mean, maybe that shores up the you know the the Robert Smith booth, right? They still they, they need to make three or four moves. Menefee could be one of them. No Gus, by the way, no Gus, Gus no yeah. Gus. Yeah. Like, why? I like that. Well, I think Gus's was his own call. I think he's he's got something else going on. Some uh, I forget what it was. Uh, it has something to do with the. This is not ed- good. Education this is a or week. something. But can Gus, somebody, Gus, can somebody explain? Can somebody explain Michael Strahan to me? Why is he still hanging on to football? He's got so much else going on in his career. He's he's hosting like every game show that's ever been invented on ABC on Sunday nights. <laughs> he's, he's he's got multiple shows. Like why are we still trying to do the football thing? If you're Michael Strahan, I don't that I don't understand. Is it? I assume money, right? But like, why is he still hanging on to this? You would think he'd have a much easier social life, travel life, if he gave up red eye flights from New York to to LA every Saturday and Sunday. Like why why are we still hanging on to football if you're Strahan? Yeah. That's a yeah. Well, and, 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 well, and the other thing is, even if you are, why not just put them in the booth and the number one group and see what happens? At least that's a big name. At least that's something different. I just, what are we doing? Like, <laughs> I don't understand this at all. Like, and this is a Super Bowl year for this network. This is a Super Bowl year. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we all agree this, this. Well, hey, this studio crew. I think same with with game day. They're they're not all together next year, right? 
I think Jimmy Johnson writings on the wall. He's going to the Hall of Fame this year. I think at this point he's like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna hang on the keys, fish with Bill Belichick every couple of six months, whatever. Strahan, I mean, between his suit line of JC Penney's and every game show he's hosting at some point is this is just a done deal. I mean, Terry and Howie, I think that Lane Kiffin, come on down to Fox. <laughs> they need you to. Well, I would tell you, I, I forget what week it was of the NFL last year, but I, I, I generally don't watch halftime. You know, I'll put something else on. But they did like a three-segment halftime, and Howie was there, but Howie never spoke. It was very weird. He's just standing there, listening to everybody. Because there's else. too many people there. Yes, yeah. yeah I wouldn't mind seeing. Uh, let's let's get Chris along. Let's get Howie's son on this panel. Like he may be more interesting at this point. He's got his own podcast stuff he's doing. I mean that you need something different. Get Lane Kiffin and Chris Long and Kurt Menefee. That's your pregame <laughs> show, Fox. You're welcome. <laughs> there you go. And of course, uh, part of the reason Fox is in all these dire straits that Eric is talking about. Eric's lost his mind on this too. I, I'm. I'm uh, Quite, quite a bit. Distraught, like he is. <laughs> I, know. It's I feel brutal. bad. His hair got a lot higher as the show. Like, he's just, he's just pulling it up more and more. <laughs> there you go. So, Joe Buck and Troy. It's actually Aikman. accurate. Yes. <laughs> uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman uh, moving on to ESPN and Monday Night Football. Uh, obviously, you know this is something ESPN has just desired to have for so long. Uh, to have a have a marquee booth, which they haven't had in some time, uh, you know, I don't know. There's a whole lot more we could say about that, uh, other than the obvious. But uh, go ahead and give me your thoughts anyway. I think when I did my top five on a previous show, this is my number one rated booth. I think this is the most consistent. You know what you're going to get. They're going to get some better games now. Uh, you know they're they're going to be more visible on ESPN platforms, which which may help uh, a little bit too. So I think this is. I will I will tune in to watch this booth. I will tune in to watch this. Last year I was strictly a Manning cast guy. I may find myself this year flipping back and forth. And and usually I'd lose the remote. I'd turn on Manning Cast, I'd throw the remote in the couch, and that's what I'd watch. I may the biggest compliment I can give Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, I may keep the remote near me because I may flip back and forth and see what's happening in the game. And depending on who the guest in the Manning Cast is, if it's somebody I don't necessarily care for, I don't like, I may flip over to the game broadcast. So that's the biggest compliment I can give ESPN. Because here's here's my my latest challenge is the red zone has me so spoiled that I can just flow from game to game to game to game that I don't have to worry about this stuff. And Monday Night Football is always that one where I was like, what am I supposed to do here? There's a commercial <laughs> on. What do I what do I do with this? Right. And the Manning cast at least got me through that because there was ancillary entertainment. But I, I will keep Buck and Aikman um, and the clicker close to me when they're when they're actually on. So that's the biggest compliment I can give this booth. Adam, you got to get two TVs. I do. I have a few in front of me, but I mean, usually the sound is down on a standalone game and the sound is up on the Sunday ticket or the uh, the red zone channel is typically where the sound's up at. Unless the Cowboys are playing, they're usually losing. So that's usually on the other screen at that point. Anyway. <laughs> Eric? <laughs> uh, I agree with these. Uh, I agree with Adam. I was a Manning cast guy myself and we saw Levy, Orlovsky and Riddick do the NFL preseason games. So I think it's smart that they're keeping Buck and Aikman kind of like, no, we're not, you're not going to see them until literally the games count. It's a big, it's a big difference. It's a huge win for ESPN to get them. Uh, it secures that. I will watch them a ton. 
uh, more than I would have normally. And Manning Cass will probably be a partly uh, casualty of that in, in that regard. So count me in as another one that will be flipping to the normal broadcast, at least early on in the season. We'll see how the games go and stuff like that. But it's a big home run for them. I, th- I agree. I, I still can't. I still don't understand how f- this all unfolded and how Fox let this happen, to be honest with you. I really still baffled by that. Yeah, well, I, I think it came down to Fox. I think I said this before. They were not prepared to spend Romo money on anybody. I think that's where it comes down to. But they ended up doing that to Brady. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But then, then again, it's Tom Brady. I know. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm not wowed by it either, to be to, to be completely honest. Uh, real quick, let's uh, hit on NBC. Of course, we've talked about Mike Tirico finally moving up into the into the main chair, uh, which, of course, uh, sets their studio show into the hands of Maria Taylor. And, of course, we get more Jason Garrett. And uh, <laughs> not a lot to be said here for NBC. But, you know, I mean, Tirico and Collinsworth are going to give you a, a, a pretty great podcast. Jason Garrett, get out of my life already. I mean, I've, I've been stuck with him for so long as a Cowboys coach. NBC is another interesting um, uh, just construct. Right? I think, to your point, Tariko and Collinsworth are fine. Melissa Stark, out of nowhere, back to the sideline. I mean, that's a that's a throwback name from uh, from the, the old ABC Monday Night Football days. I'm curious how that, how that lands. The studio show, I just... Tony Dungy may be the nicest human being in all of, on all of mankind, right? But as an analyst, I, I just don't know. Garrett, I don't think so. Chris Sims, I actually don't mind all that much. He's a little bit, you know, over he's the better top than at his times, dad, but, at least. <laughs> yeah, he's a little bit over the top at times. I don't mind him. Florio has good insights. But this is another, you know, uh, studio set to Eric's point that just doesn't really doesn't really do much for me. Like I, I don't, I don't necessarily have any reason to tune into this, uh, this set. I do think Tariko and Collinsworth though, they are probably my number three booth. I think I have Rance, uh, Nance and Romo too, but that's subject to change depending on what Romo I get this year. But I think Collinsworth and Tariko solid booth, always good games, always a good broadcast. You know what you're going to get. It's consistent. So, um, you know, I, I got no issue with that, but they need to figure out their, uh, their, their studio stuff. Yeah. And, uh, of course, you know, the, the, the one thing we kind of get back to, and we may have to do a show on this at some point, but when we uh, get close to all these things changing hands with realignment and everything, uh, you know, college football has basically become Fox in the Big Ten versus ESPN in the SEC, right? <laughs> uh, when you when you stop and think about that, and it'll be interesting to talk about uh, talk about how those lineups and rosters take shape uh, for those broadcasts. Uh, you know, with, when it's going to be a big deal, yeah. Yeah, I think you're going to see more movement on the broadcast side. Yeah, you're going to see more movement on the broadcast side as a result of that. Real quick, this used to be my favorite pregame, by the way, the Sunday night football pregame when they had Mm. Costas hosting, when you had Dan Patrick hosting. I actually, as much as I've been critical about pregames, this was the one I would watch. Not anymore. Not anymore. Especially now with Jason Garrett. Like, Jerry Jones, just hire him again. Just so, you know, I, you know, sorry. (laughs) He probably already did. He probably works there still. Well, we know at this like, point. <laughs> He's taking out Jerry we, we They cut both quarterbacks today. We need a backup quarterback. And he's got <laughs> a little bit. Oh, we God. saw in Hard Knocks, he was more accurate than Dak Prescott's. Scary, scary thought. <laughs> it's it kind of frightening. Um, yeah, I don't like the pregame at all. I think Amazon's going to end up being the better pregame uh, because at least you have some fresh perspective there with Richard Sherman. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Fitzpat- 
Fitzpatrick, the only thing I'm not going to like about that is I just feel they're going to focus all about his facial hair the every episode. Every, and I wonder, does that get old after a while? Don't forget his chest hair, too. He's because he's, he's, of course, he's we do the chest hair. <laughs> I tried to forget yeah. his chest hair, Jeff. Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think the Amazon is going to be the better package overall. Tariko Collinsworth is fine, but I've already said my piece. I wish it was still Al. And I wonder if we're going to. You know, how does Tariko handle that? Because there is going to be, I think, a, a percentage of people that are like, where's Al? Where's Al? Hmm. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. The, uh, you, you, you were right, Eric. You had some rants stored up for us. <laughs> oh, I feel bad. Really anti-pregame show. I did not see that coming. <laughs> pregame, Fox lineups. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he was he was taking he was taking the wood taking the lumber out on him. That's for sure. So, all right, guys. Uh, let's. Uh, any final thoughts uh, while you give your shameless plugs for your particular endeavors? I always enjoy talking uh, talking some media stuff. Uh, you know, obviously football is uh, you know here, which is exciting. So anytime again, I get this invite from you, Jeff. I know football's around the corner, so. Always excited, glad to be on with everybody. Uh, you can follow anything I do uh, at Sons UCF, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube. Uh, we got a live show on Thursdays, podcast on Tuesday. So just search at Sons UCF wherever you have a keyboard and you'll find something that we do. Eric? Uh, you can follow me at Eric Lopez Elo. I got a lot of stuff going on. I'm broadcasting UCF volleyball this season starting Friday night. Uh, they got him filling in for women's soccer. I'm doing soccer on Sunday night. You UCF and Old Miss. Maybe Lane Kiffin will make an appearance there, a cameo <laughs> with Adam's help. Um, also, Black and Gold Banneret. Check out our coverage there for football. We're going to have guys up there at the games. Plus, me and Andrew Glukoff going to do a watch along Thursday night on our YouTube channel. One of us in this uh, people in this room will be a guest on that show. We'll figure we'll we'll, we'll inform you people later on on that. Uh, hopefully, I'll have both of you on at some point. But we're going to do a watch along for Thursday night's game for those that don't have ESPN Plus for the football game. We're going to have night shift our post game shows after every UCF football game. So uh, I'm going to be busy hosting most of those as well on air. So you're going to hear this voice a lot in the fall between doing volleyballs on Fridays and Sundays and uh, maybe post game UCF uh, night shift football shows on after games. So yeah. uh, looking of, forward to it. A lot of you on ESPN Plus, and uh, wait, you're not, you're not going to have a night off until what uh, February? <laughs> February, it's softball season after <laughs> February. Oh no! Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Gotta, July maybe next July or June maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Awesome. Well, guys, as always, I appreciate it. These are these are some of my favorite shows to do as we uh, dissect uh, sports broadcasting. It's always a, always a blast. And uh, thanks again for being here. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate you. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to Jeff Allen Sports Talk. Follow Jeff on Twitter at Jeff Allen underscore 88, on Facebook at Jeff Allen 88, and the website JeffAllenSportsTalk.com. And you can reach out to the show anytime by email, JeffAllenSportsTalk at gmail.com. Jeff Allen Sports Talk is brought to you exclusively by Kramer's Salve for Dogs. Does your dog itch, suffer from debilitating skin allergies, or trouble hot spots? We have the solution using the healing power of neem. Kramer Cell is a safe and natural approach to help your best friend live an itch-free life. Go to KramerSalve.net to order today with new low pricing. That's K-R-A-M-E-R-S-A-L-V-E dot net.